At the end of that season, I went to my coach. I said, Coach, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? He said, Son, you don't play for me. And I said, I know, Coach, but I plan on becoming someone different. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hello and welcome to today's Philosopher Bite, where I wanted to share an amazing talk by one of the world's finest speakers, Mr. Walter Bond. Walter Bond is a premier expert on peak performance. Walter's passion for personal development was anchored by his professional basketball career. Although he came off the bench throughout his college basketball career at the University of Minnesota, Bond enjoyed an eight-year career in the NBA. Remarkably, He was a starter in his very first NBA game. This is where he learned the truths of peak performance that he has also applied to an incredibly successful speaking career. He wasn't the most talented player in basketball, but he kept asking that question of his coaches. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? Here is Walter Bond. One day I'm going to play in the NBA. One day I'm going to play in an NBA arena. One day I'm going to play in front of real NBA cheerleaders. (laughs) But all of a sudden it hit me. My coach recruited me based on my potential and not who I was at the time. See, when you get accepted by your respective college or trade school or wherever you go to the next level, you're going to get an opportunity based on your potential and not who you were at the time. See, colleges look at ACT and GPAs because they want to figure out what kind of potential does this student have. My coach recruited me based on my potential and not who I was at the time. I love to speak to high school kids because you are loaded with potential. I want you to understand that all the success that you have in high school is awesome. It sets a platform for the next level. But when you get to that next level, baby, when you leave high school, you are starting over. You have to reestablish yourself at that next level. I want you to be confident because you're going to be successful, but you got to understand that when you get to that next level, it's going to be more competitive. Is everybody with me? I found out that Richard Coffey can bench press 300 pounds. Richard Coffey can knock me down whenever he felt like it. The next morning I woke up and I went to my coach's office. I said, Coach, where's the weight room? He says, Walter, you okay? Coach, I'm fine. Where is the weight room? I got in the weight room. The only thing I could lift was the bar. But I made up my mind before I leave the University of Minnesota, I would bench press 300 pounds. And I thank God for Richard Coffey. Him knocking me down like that convinced me that I need to get into the weight room and I need to develop myself. And I got in that weight room. Ooh, ooh, clank, 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 ooh, ooh, clank, 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 ooh, ooh, clank, clank, clank. I already had five pounds on each side, fellas. Ooh, ooh, clank, 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 ooh, clank, clank, clank. And before I left the University of Minnesota, I could bench press 
100 pounds. My coach recruited me based on my potential and not who I was at the time. Whatever you do after high school is going to be based on your potential. But it's your job to develop yourself. It is your job to get into your weight room. At the University of Minnesota, my freshman year, I don't play a lick. I never sat on the bench in my life. At the end of that season, I went to my coach. I said, Coach, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? He said, Son, you don't play for me. And I said, I know, Coach, but I plan on becoming someone different. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? See, you got to be courageous in your life to go and ask the important people, what do I need to do to be successful? What do I need to do to be a doctor? What do I need to do to be a leader? What do I need to do to be the next president of the United States of America? Don't be afraid to ask mom and dad. Regardless of what you think, they are not idiots. I want to say that again. I want to help some people out. Your mom and dad is not an idiot. Your mom and dad does understand. If you're smart, you will go to mom and dad. You'll go to your counselor. You'll go to your high school principal. What do I need to do to become successful? I had to ask my coach, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? He said, you can't run, you can't jump, you can't dribble, you can't shoot, and you can't rebound, son. But you got potential. In this offseason, you got to work so every year I had this ritual in my offseason. I dedicated myself to get bigger, stronger, and faster because I knew if I'm going to play in the NBA, I must become someone different. At the end of every season, I would have the same dialogue with my coach. What do I need to do to play in the NBA? And every year he voted me most improved player. Every year I got bigger, stronger, and faster. And every year that list got shorter and shorter and shorter. I became the top six men in the country. No one in America was better than me coming off the bench. Sure, I wanted to start on my college basketball team, but my coach decided that I was best suited to come off the bench. Remember this the rest of your life. Most people who have a professional job think they're overqualified for their position. Typically, they're the only one who thinks so. If you ever find yourself overqualified for a position, here's my advice. Keep dominating where you are until everyone else agrees that you're overqualified. I became the top six men in the country for three years. My senior year rolled around. Willie Burton and Richard Coffey graduated and went to the NBA. Willie Burton, my teammate who was a high school All-American, was a lottery pick, signed a $14 million contract with the Miami Heat. He came back to campus in a custom Corvette. He did it. We all jumped about the NBA. But Willie, you did it. I had one more year. I was going to finally start at the University of Minnesota. I was a preseason All-Big Ten selection. All I had to do was have one good year. Maybe I can join Willie Burton and Richard Coffey in the NBA. I was in great shape, ready for my senior year. But the first game of my senior year, I broke my foot. I came back in six weeks in better shape and I broke my foot a second time. And my college career was over. One of our season ticket holders offered me a job to become a hospital administrator. Two-year program, $75,000. Why? Because he liked me. 
I learned a long time ago that the likability factor is the best kept secret in business. People want to buy from people they like. People want to hire people they like. People want to be led by people they like. FFA, hear me and hear me good. The likability factor is the best kept secret in business. Are you likable? Right before I took this job, my daddy called me on the phone. My daddy was a quiet man, but I tell you what, when my daddy spoke, he was powerful. In fact, my daddy was always asking questions. So my daddy called me on the phone. He said, son, you broke your foot twice. What's next? I said, daddy, I'm going to be a hospital administrator. Two-year program, $75,000. And I'll never forget my dad. He asked me a question. He said, son, do you believe you're an NBA player? Huh? Do you believe you're an NBA player? If you believe you're an NBA player, son, go for it. If you don't think, take the job, son. Do you believe you're an NBA player? Let me tell you something about my daddy. When I was a little boy, my daddy would always pick me up. When he came home from work, he picked me up. When he saw me after church in the nur nursery, he picked me up. All I had to do was lift up my arms, and my daddy would always pick me up. If we have any parents in here, mom and dads, I want you to teach you something right now that you will never forget. The reason why children are fascinated with you picking them up is because it's a spiritual exchange. When you pick up your child, you change their perspective. Little kids all over the world, when mommy and daddy comes home from work, all they do is lift up their arms and mommy, daddy, grandma, granddad, you know the drill. When we lift up our arms, your job is to pick us up. My daddy would always pick me up. He would always change my perspective. My daddy was six foot six. When he picked me up, I could see the world the way he saw it. But here's the problem. One day my dad looked at me and he says, boy, you're too big for me to pick you up. But my daddy never stopped picking me up. He never stopped changing my perspective. My daddy changed my perspective by asking a question, do you believe you're an NBA player? I got emotional on the phone. I cut off my Lionel Richie. And I said, yes. And my daddy picked me up one more time. I was 6'5", 215 pounds. I could bench press 300 pounds. But my daddy picked his baby boy up one more time. And he changed my perspective. And he said, son, if you believe you're an NBA player, go for it. Whatever you believe about yourself, FFA, go for it. I limped into my coach's office with a cast on my foot, tears in my eyes. I said, coach, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? My coach teared up and he says, boy, when I recruited you, I heard you was a mama's boy. But you're tough just like your daddy. I said, coach, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? And this is what my coach said to me. He said, son, you should be a motivational speaker. I thank God for him because right now, 
I'm a motivational speaker because of that conversation. I'm a motivational speaker because of those words. Leaders, hear me and hear me good. Your words possess equity. 23 years later, I'm a motivational speaker because of a five-minute conversation, and one of my leaders planted a word in me, and words are like seeds. You're an FFA. You understand how seeds operate. When you plant a seed, it will grow. He spoke that word to me, and that seed has grown, and I just got voted top five motivational speaker in the world. Because I always had leaders in my life who were there to pick me up and change my perspective. I said, Coach, I could talk the rest of my life, and I will. But what do I need to do to play in the NBA? He said, son, lose 20 pounds and knock down a three, you can play in the NBA. I lost 20 pounds, and every morning, I would shoot 500 shots a day every single day. I got invited to training camp with the Dallas Mavericks. Not only did I make the Dallas Mavericks, I became the first ever undrafted rookie free agent in the history of the Dallas Mavericks to start opening night. Could you imagine what was going through my mind? I had not started a basketball game since high school. In my first NBA game, I'm in the starting lineup. They dimmed the lights and put that spotlight right on me. They start playing that NBA music. Dun, 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 I looked through the spotlight and I saw my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. I found out the night before that I made the team. And they all flew to Dallas to watch their baby boy play his first game. They shocked me. I had no idea they were going to show up. I saw my mom and she said, Walter, mama baked you a cake. (laughs) I saw my big sister. She had on the two national championship rings giving me the Trojan sign. And she waved the Cheryl Miller on the sideline. That's my baby brother right there. I saw my brother, he said, you still got a big hand. <laughs> then I saw my dad. Thank you for making sure I was home when those streetlights came on. Thank you for always picking me up and changing my perspective. Thank you for not letting me give up on my dreams. Thank you for driving me all over the country and paying all that money for me to attend conferences like FFA. And then I realized not only is my dad here, my high school principal made it too. My high school principal was awesome. 
He would always tell his kids, go for your dreams. Don't live life with regrets. Go for your dreams. Do not live life with regrets. When I got that phone call, that wasn't my daddy talking to me. That was my high school principal saying, go for your dreams. Don't live life with regrets. I had a dream when I was 17 years old that I'm going to play in the NBA, and when I'm done playing in the NBA, I'm going to double my income in business. I'm 43, and I'm living the dream. I made it to the NBA, and now I'm on the verge of tripling my NBA income. And I sat in the seat just like you, 20 years ago. And I saw my daddy. Thank you. And then I heard it. Started that shooting gun for you. Dallas Mavericks, 6'5", 215 pounds from Chicago, Illinois, Walter Bond, 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 Bond. That's Walter Bond sharing one of my favorite talks. How many of you listening today are harboring a dream? How many of you feel that gnawing ache inside the pit of your stomach that reminds you that you could be more, do more, and have more? I know I have. For far too long, I've known that I wasn't doing everything I could, but I simply let complacency take control of my life. The pain of complacency just grows and becomes more challenging to push past with every minute you or I spend on the sidelines of life. And after enough time passes, your comfort zone, you expect it to rent for a short while, will grow into this five-star condominium that you now own. Walter's question was, what do I need to do to play in the NBA? What question do you need to start asking yourself to take the first step towards the dream that is hibernating inside you? What question do you need to ask to start you on this journey? You can find this clip on YouTube. The video title is Walter Bond, Keynote Speaker, 86th National FFA Convention and Expo. That's it for today. Have a great day. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lamba. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.